Welcome to Rice is Rice, a podcast about the British East Asian experience and all things Asian and not. I'm Akina. I'm Connor. And I'm Jem. And I fucking love spam. I love it. Oh, I didn't think of that one, that stereotype, but I love spam too. Is mm-hmm. it? It's it like all thing? Asian or yeah, I was going to ask, is it a Filipino thing or all Asian? Yeah, I think it's all sure. Asian thing. Yeah. 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 I could eat spam like every single day if I could. I, I love it so much. They did this thing in Liverpool once where a spam van came to like the town center and they were giving like little like lanyards with things, facts about spam and stuff. And I found the lanyard the other day and it gave me great memories. Was it just like lanyards and things or did they actually sell spam? I think they were trying spam? to promote spam and they were giving like vouchers to get like cheaper spam. I mean, spam's cheap anyway. I don't yeah. know spam's that cheap. Spam's actually cheap. Spam's pretty cheap. It's not like that bad, that, though, is it? Yeah, but it's not that cheap. Spam, white people we don't learnt, like spam. We learned this um, from uni. But the reason why white people don't like spam is because they don't eat it correctly. Yeah, they eat it raw. They yeah, don't fry they it. They slice it's it up and use weird. it as ham. It's, it's weird. It's so odd. It's like dog food. You have to fry it. You what, have what, to. Like, so it gets the crispy edges. Spam, spam fried rice. Oh. Spam fried rice. was so Spam good salon. with like with like a honey not honey with a soy, soy glaze. Oh, I've not tried it with a soy glaze. Try it with mixing honey and soy oh. together. David and then so is glaze it. In it? Oh. David So's oh. recipe. Mm-hmm. So oh. good. No, you, you know, you glaze it and then you fry it. No, oh, you fry you, it no, and then fry you, it and then you glaze, glaze it. it and then you wrap it. Oh, ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. You guys gotta try it when you go home. So today's specials are Chrissy Koo's Ascension, Jean Luen Yang, and Ray Roberts. And the reason why we have these uh, three specials is because it's Asian August. So So what is Asian August? August? So um, I recently joined BAM and Beyond. And what we're trying to promote uh, this August is hashtag asian august because we realized um in 2018 i believe it was uh crazy rich asians came out in the month of august and also searching has just come out on um netflix which is also a male lead who's asian um and we thought because the uk yeah because the uk doesn't actually have like a specific month dedicated to asians unlike america that has asian heritage month um we'd start something here and yeah so this week we decided we wanted to promote asian creatives and shall we get started hello so sorry for the noise but this disclaimer that i'm actually I got my authors mixed up and I'm talking about two different comic authors. The other is Greg Pak. He wrote the Agents of Atlas series for Marvel and Korean Hulk Amadeus Cho series also. Um, So my bad, bro. But yeah, I'm talking about two authors in this episode. Okay, back to me from the past. So our first um, special is me. And as some of you, or people who know me know, I'm a pretty big nerd, right? As a pretty big nerd, I read comics. And there's this one writer called, sorry mate, Jean Lun Yang, or Luen Yang. He's an Asian-American writer, specifically Chinese. And uh, his first book, called American Born Chinese, won a bunch of awards. It's an amazing graphic novel. But from there, he's gone on to writing, like, so many other comics. He's written the Chinese Superman. So oh, cool. in DC, there's a Superman of China who's made because 
China want their own version of Superman, and he wrote that. And then there's a whole like Chinese Justice League. He wrote. That's insane. Um, I did not know this. Yeah, I didn't wrote, know this, this before so cool. he started buying these comics. He wrote um, the Agents of Atlas, which is like a full-on team just full of Asian superheroes, including like Taiwanese heroes and Chinese heroes. Oh, and I love it. Asian Americans. There's Korean Hulk. There's Miss Marvel. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shang Shang Chi's in it. Who's soon going to be a film with Simu? Simu Liu, you um, know the actor. There's a new hero. He's like Kim's Convenience. Kim's Convenience. <gasps> oh, he's he him. No, he's going to be a superhero. Yeah. I did not know his. his that was his name. Simu uh, Liu. Oh, he's so pretty. <laughs> he is really he's pretty. so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so he's playing Shang Shang Chi. Oh, I love it. Oh, when's it coming out? Um, it was going to come out Chinese New Year next year, but obviously because of COVID, of COVID it pushed yeah. back, which is really a shame because. It would have been amazing Perfect, for yeah. it to be released during uh, Chinese New Year. Yeah. But what else has he written? Oh, yeah. And um, a new superhero called Wave is in those Oh, yeah. Have you heard of her? Who's the Filipino hero. Oh, wait. No, I have. I have heard of her. That, that was going around Instagram. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has yeah, powers yeah. over water, basically. But the thing about her is, I pointed this out last time we were talking about her. Yeah. When you look at the picture of her, her nose is not Filipino at all. Like, it's really high up. It's very is it like tall a bridge. Yeah. And I was like, but she if they brown. cared. She is brown, though, which is good. She is brown, which She's is brown. a good thing. Yeah. But they didn't get the nose Yeah, but right. if they've still got, like, features that look non-Filipino, then it's not yeah. the only thing they've changed. She looks more color. like the Filipinos on TV pre-whitening I guess like half Filipino type with like the good nose no she oh, looks no, good she nose looks but the Eurocentric no. the Eurocentric yeah, nose yeah she looks more yeah, yeah. Euro um, what else is he done oh he's, he's written some comics for the Avatar because Avatar Last Airbender it has like a series of comics you know yeah. after the <laughs> series finished series written for that he's just written a lot and uh, I really connect with it because he really promotes Asian heritage in all his stories like oh, that's nice. it's just little things that make you smile when you read it um, for example in the Agents of Atlas series, um, all these uh, heroes meet and then they go to the base. And then, you know, like each, like, I don't know, chapter or issue, there's like an establishing, quote unquote, establishing shot. So there's yeah. like one panel that has like them in the background and then like you see the whole area they're in. Mm-hmm. Well, in this establishing shot, it was from the door, you see the heroes talking around the table about their mission. But at the door, all of their superhero boots are just like lying there oh, in front of it, and they're holding like socks or slippers inside. <laughs> um, and it's the details, it's the details yeah. that like obviously makes it feel like home. Makes it makes it, feel it, like it makes it relatable. feel genuine. Yeah, he reconnects with them. Like for example, they were like after a fight, they were like, "Oh, we need to eat. We're super hungry." It's like, is there any <laughs> is there any food in this place? And they open a cupboard, and guess what? It was full of full of spam. Oh, spam! <laughs> and then like, all the heroes <laughs> turn around. Next panel is like, oh, all there is is spam. And then all the heroes turn around and just like spam. And then the next <laughs> panel after that is just brilliant. like a dinner table laid out with all these different spam dishes that we were just talked about, yeah. like, including like spam slog, musubi, and spam fried rice. Love it. But his, it's his first book that really like got me a fan. Mm. American born Chinese. I don't think it's a biopic in any way, but it's definitely taken from, you know, real experience. Mm-hmm. It's these three stories, right? It's um the first story is like the legend of the monkey king. Mm-hmm. The second story is just the story of an Asian American kid going to school, you know, not wanting to be associated with this fresh kid who's mm-hmm. like super fresh. Yeah. But he's not accepted by his white classmates. Mm-hmm. Um, like trying to get approval. Almost. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like mm-hmm. just a general, that general story of growing up in a, you know, Western school mm-hmm. while you're Asian and the confusion and all that. 
And the third story is kind of like this um, sitcom style story where one character is like a proper stereotype, basically like Long Duck Dong style character. Mm. It's like people's cousin. Yeah. Uh, the white character in the sitcom's cousin. And he's called like... He's got oh he's called like Chinky mm-hmm. like he's literally called that and he comes in the door and his luggage is like those Chinese takeaway boxes in America like those noodle boxes it's like, oh the, it's like, the box yeah the, it's like so it's yeah. like a proper like long duck long duck long duck dong. long duck dog stereotypes but I also wanted the outrageous emotion um, that is accompanied by like stereotypes you know I I have this character cousin Chinky in the book he is the living embodiment of all of the negative. Chinese, Chinese-American, Asian, Asian-American stereotypes that I could think of. Um, I wanted like a very visceral, vivid, emotional reaction to him. I think it would be much more difficult to get that with words. So I wanted to do it through a picture. And it's a really good story. It weaves in and out of him, cuts him very well. And I'm not going to spoil it, but the ending is just like, whoa. It's just like, it ties it all together and it's a really well done and really well written book and you really feel like the connection between all those different things, you know, like the legend, you feel like, oh yeah, it's my heritage. Like mm-hmm, the yeah. uh, school stuff, you're like, oh, this was me. That's your experience. Yeah, this is my experience. And then the sitcom is like, oh yeah, it's just like, I would say it's an exaggeration, but some stuff can be that like ridiculous yeah, in terms yeah. of media. Um, for sure. For the portrayals of, you know, agents. And yeah, if anyone's that just like great. into comics and wanting to feel a bit more represented in yeah. it i will check out his work because he's written a lot he's been around for a while he's written stuff about amadeus cho who was the hulk after mm-hmm. bruce banner he's a korean american kid he's amadeus. amadeus what a special yeah. name mm-hmm. oh, he's a superhero character you know <laughs> can i ask with you know the asian superman and stuff that he did yeah. did he like change the background of these characters to be asian as well or did he kind of stick with the typical like clark kent but made no the he, character asian a, Completely different background because it's in the same universe as like mm-hmm. the normal Superman. Um, his so Chinese Superman character, he's a bully basically, mm-hmm. um, but he some reason gets chosen to like be a test subject mm-hmm. to create him into a Superman character. Um, but he's like instead of training like normal, he, he trains using his chi and a lot of Chinese oh. like uh, elements come from it, like the. I can't remember what it's called, but there's these symbols, which is like, there's nine of them and they represent different parts of the body mm-hmm. and the different energies, like different chi channel. that come from this part of the body mm-hmm. are different like yeah. aspects of his Superman powers. Oh, so it's cool. like the chi in his head is like maybe his laser vision and the chi mm-hmm. in his stomach is maybe his super strength and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, he's really good at incorporating Asian culture and law with superhero and comic book culture and law and i know it's just it just it was i was i felt so seen reading yeah, all yeah, of yeah it stories. sounds like it's, it yeah it's, it's just really great and also there isn't any as from the top of my head there's no asian like superhero in Marvel there's a lot of asian superheroes DC, right? but they're always but not like the main characters. ones yeah, yeah. yeah. they're, they're like all secondary white characters aren't they? and as with anything, as with anything, yeah, yeah. most of them are all white. And so it's 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 wonderful to celebrate it in like nerd culture and mm-hmm. graphic novels and stuff like that. And it's yeah. really cool to see. Especially because a lot of that is always white people becoming better Asian than Asians, mm-hmm. such as like Iron Fist oh, right. and stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, I heard the about greatest martial artist yeah. is a white boy. Yeah. You know, it's like the whole thing is like, why is Tarzan the king of the jungle got to be a white man? Yeah. Yeah. You know? But yeah, so his his next thing coming up is he's writing a Shang-Chi series for next year, I guess, to coincide with it coming out. 
which is interesting because Shang Chi no, he, he hasn't really got money like series on his own. He was always basically he was always appearing in other people's thing and teaching people how to fight. Yeah, uh-huh. but that was like his main. He's he, he was never the lead. Story. Yeah, he's yeah. basically like the Bruce Lee of the Marvel universe. He's mm. literally just Bruce Lee. Exciting! I am looking forward to seeing Simu Liu playing Shang Chi. <laughs> yes, and Aquafina is in that as well. Aquafina and Tony Leung is in that as well. It's a pretty good cast. Cool. Yeah, it's exciting. First Asian American, and there's actually Asian American creatives behind it. So oh, director that's great. And that's one of the so good. Because with the recent Mulan film, mm. both the uh-huh. director and the writers yeah. are all white people. That's a difficulty because like Hollywood seems to like say, oh, look, we're, we're becoming more diverse and we're giving like the spotlight to like Asian actors. But it doesn't if it's yeah, it's Asian actors. But if it's still being directed and produced by like a, a white like crew, then it doesn't. Yeah. It still won't have that same feeling. I don't think it won't come across. It's as like the little real. things, you know, like the shoes yeah. and yeah. the cult and the food, and it's just stuff like no matter how much research you could do into Asian culture, it's different. Nothing's yeah. ever going to mention the fact that you, yeah. I don't know. I think you can feel it if a director has had those experiences himself. It's, it's like it comes across well better yeah, on, sure. on camera. Amazing. Yeah, that was a great special. I, I like that. Okay, so my special is someone that we've had on the podcast Friend before. Of the show. A friend of the Hi, show, um, the amazing Christy Koo, has brought out a, I'm not sure what it is. It's like a spoken word poem, but she also breaks off into like a slightly reporter-ish style when she kind of breaks from the poetic side of what she's saying into a more like reporting side. But she released this, I'm going to say spoken word poem called Ascension on a podcast called Anthems and I had to check out what Anthems exactly was before I did this special. So it's a collection of original manifestos, speeches, stories, poems written and voiced by exceptional people. So Anthems is created by this podcasting production company called Broccoli Content and it's founded in direct response to the lack of opportunities for minority talent both in front and behind the mic which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I listened to her, um, her piece on anthems, I was very, uh, I, was, I didn't know what to expect. She said on her Instagram story that it's important for the Asian community right now. Um, so I just dove straight in. It was one of those days where I kind of wasn't doing anything and didn't feel like doing anything. So it gave me a really good opportunity to just sit down, focus on this, thing to listen to and nothing else because usually when i'm listening to podcasts i'm cooking i'm doing other stuff but this felt like you need to sit down and just listen to it she starts off by talking about something that's very relevant to the east asian and southeast asian community right now and it's the assault and the racism that we're experiencing because of covid19 um throughout the US and the UK and other parts of the world, she addresses it very beautifully and in in various ways. She talks about how the enemy being like this virus is invisible. So people need a body to make into the enemy. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed that visualization of it. That's the most poetic part. Yeah, very poetic. Of the the whole thing. And she starts talking about how like, she, well, she essentially begins to address appropriation and says, you guys enjoy our food, um, but you use the same mouths to spit on our people. And that's a direct quote. And I love that line. 
And she uses that metaphor over and over again of mounds, which I really like. She also says, don't tell me to swallow my fear when you are not regularly force fed it. Mm-hmm. And I Bars. love that line love too. It. There's so many powerful. lines in this poem that's just extremely powerful. Those same people who pose amongst our landscapes take from our culture, sorry, appreciate. Those who eat our food and then use the same mouths to spit on our people. I'm told it's paranoia, given it won't happen to you. It's not guaranteed. It only needs to happen to me once. Do not tell me to swallow my fear when you are not regularly force-fed it. The danger will not end post-lockdown, post-cures, when or if science gives us miracles and vaccines are distributed. There will be no end date for racism against East Asians. She starts talking about the model minority curse, which mm-hmm. has always been relevant for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the us is guilty of what she's talking about in her poem of people who kind of accept the model minority title and then at some point are surprised when we face racism being like well i thought that i was the model minority i thought that i thought we were exempt exempt from racism and and these kinds of insults um and suddenly because of covid19 we've come face to face with mm-hmm. it and it's it, it it really did make me think about my own ways that i've accepted the modal minority status without realizing it yeah. and like kind of used it to your advantage be above yeah. other people um maybe not consciously but definitely subconsciously yeah I think we're we're all guilty of that. I know, like especially during this lockdown, I've had because we have so much time to really mm. think about everything. I've very much realized how I have had things like a lot easier because of my race. I, I of course, like I complained about oh, there's this, this, and this happened, and I think I've addressed this in a previous episode with um, it might have been it wasn't Alex, I can't remember who it was, but um, it was a guest, and oh no, it was Billy's episode where I previously never. I, I kind of like class myself as experiencing the same kind of racism as black people. And that's <sighs> something that I, I was so ignorant of. And I've had like yeah. conversations with friends. That I was like, I can't believe and I feel ashamed to have like ever really thought, oh, racism is racism. Yeah. And we all um, have, and the, we'll same have the same experience. And yeah. it's yeah. not true. Um, no, I actually didn't really know a huge amount about model minority until this lockdown. And yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's which is what she was saying. Like a lot of us only now are coming face to face with it. Yeah. Um, But she continues. Oh, sorry. It's about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 15 minutes. Right. We listened to it earlier. So it's a good short listen. Um, But I, I do definitely urge everyone who wants to listen to it to sit and really listen. Mm -hmm. Um, She goes on and talks about something that I really related to. And it was something around uh, growing up and suffering through the kind of racism you face in small towns. Mm -hmm. um, And then reaching an age where you're able to run away to the big cities, naively uh, thinking that you're running away from that kind of racism because... Cities seem to be this amazing, diverse mm-hmm. place where you unite and you know racism exists, but because you do, everyone's not as racist, which yeah. is obviously false. Um, and I really related to that experience that she was talking about. Uh, and she also talks about, which is what I was saying, connecting to 
Connor special that we were talking about, it's lovely to see Asians, Southeast Asians being a bigger part of media and entertainment and breaking yeah. barriers yeah. Um, in these fields. But in reality, what does it do when we still have our elders and our children facing the same kind of bullying that we've always felt? Does it really change anything when we see a Southeast Asian princess on Disney and mm. Asian superheroes in our comic books? I guess in the same way that Black people ask, does it really change anything when we had a Black president? Does it really fix anything in our communities? And I think it's it's good to celebrate all those barriers being broken in entertainment, but until it reflects in society, the job's not done. Yeah. yeah. I really sure. like the part... Um back to the model minority. Yeah. It was a specific, I can't remember the line exactly, but basically what she said is that Asians who really bake into the model minority like identity, but then are surprised when white people are racist to them. Yeah. Thinking like, but I gave you what you want. Why? Yeah. Like I I try to align myself to your expectations. I think I know the line that you were um, talking about i'm not sure we got the same one but it's definitely about that she says something like we adopted this these western characteristics and then since we adopted those then we should be graced with the absence of assault and it's yeah, just that's that, that line. Mm. it's that line, it's that line, line isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. she has such a beautiful way with words but those such words right with words. graced yeah. with the absence of assault it's not even respect that mm-hmm. she's asking for here she's asking for the absence of assault mm-hmm. at the basic level which is sad but very true mm-hmm. we're not it's like when we ask to be represented we're not asking for like to be the heroes of the stories, we're simply asking to be there. Mm-hmm. And or it's that like base like level. Yeah. 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 The base level of not being assaulted. Like you'd think that it was so simple, but like we still have to fight for it, which I is mean, crazy. That's exactly what mm. Black Lives Matter means. Yeah. Not the basic level was to also be put on the same treatment as like white people when they get arrested. Exactly. They're asking yeah. Black Lives Matter, not like Black lives are better, just matter. They matter. Yeah. They just matter. <laughs> so simple. Um, but I'll end off my specials with two lines that aren't hers. She quotes Audre Lorde and she says, Your silence will not protect you. And it's something that I, I have recently um trying to train myself into believing like just because you don't speak about it doesn't mean it's gone so it's important to speak mm-hmm. about it and the second line she quotes from Audre Lorde is I will continue to be afraid and move anyway and that's important too it doesn't mean we should be brave all the time we can continue to be afraid but we just need to do something about being afraid which, again, is just beautiful. I know those aren't her words, but it's beautiful that she was able to quote that mm-hmm. within this poem. That is beautiful. Yeah. Just go give it a listen. Yeah. Just pause so this podcast right now. We give you permission. <laughs> listen to, <laughs> to go listen. Yeah, yeah. Listen to Christy's thing. And Take then come 15 back. minutes of your day. Yeah. Go search either anthems and find Christy Koo's Ascension or, or search Instagram Christy Koo. Yeah, definitely oh. give her Instagram a, a follow because think, oh yeah, she follow posts anyway. great stuff. And also her work, she's just like... I've never really seen someone have like the perfect words to express something. Yeah. I think she does that so, so, so well. So yeah, check her out. 
And also, if you haven't listened to our podcast with her in it, I would also suggest yeah. that just because she she was an amazing. She guest. was lovely she to chat. Yeah. So much gold. Yeah. Um, Gem, over to you. Okay, so my uh, specials this week is a video, a film by um, Ray Roberts, who I believe is friends with Chrissy. I think they're actually oh, really? long time friends. I feel like, I mean, if Ray and Chrissy are listening to this and they're not, I'm so sorry, but I feel but like I saw you that on Instagram. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they, they are friends. Um, I, I recently know. connected. Each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I recently connected with ray through the british asian creative network um that i'm in and chrissy's in that as well actually Uh um and he put out a video on his youtube channel so he's a filmmaker who's i think i believe he's half filipino from his mom's side and half british from his dad's side and yeah he put up a video on his youtube addressing um being half Asian and his experiences with it. Um, and the reason why I chose this first as a special is I, he is an incredible filmmaker. Um, I absolutely love the way he, he did this video. He kind of, he expressed and told his story in such a way that it was sad because like hearing the experiences and some of the stuff I could definitely relate to, like the Filipino side of things. Uh-huh. Um, but he also like inserted kind of like almost like a, a hopeful tone to it. He also used um, a mixture of like animation and like piece to camera kind of, videos and it was it was just beautifully done um the way he opened it is basically addressed the fact that because he's half asian mm-hmm. he's very yeah he's biracial he um is very racially ambiguous so he went around london and asked people um where do you think i'm from which is like the for me i don't know about you guys i get so nervous when people ask me really? like i get nervous because i've i've gotten weird things before as well and i'm like i don't Why do i you get, get nervous I, though it's more i get nervous easily about everything but like i get like i remember when i was younger i used to get very anxious when whenever anyone was like trying to guess my race because it used to make me feel really upset and not recognize if people didn't see that i was filipino okay um and i felt i I don't know it was just a really weird thing for me and also a lot of the races in my experience was directly being like oh ni hao or konnichiwa that kind of thing and that bugged me as a kid so that's why for me it makes me feel anxious but yeah he went he went around london asking people and he got some strange stuff like some guy was like iceland um i was like i, I think that was the strangest one that i watched yeah, as well i was like this, it's very strange and i don't know maybe like if it's these people not wanting to be racist so they're like just oh let me just put something like super something ridiculous ridiculous yeah, no, because i don't, wanna... don't know though because like you know you can relate to this yeah I, I mean i used to when i was waitressing i used to ask people as well where do you even come from and people would be like are you japanese and it's like look at me <laughs> look at me you were brazilian once i got brazilian once Irani, yeah. i've got brazilian before and i don't look brazilian no, at all you don't really you look asian yeah very i look asian, asian. yeah, yeah. akina looks whatever people want her to look mm. yeah apparently but continue yeah. yeah so yeah that's how he kind of like began um the film and and it was a, a great kind of i guess in a way light-hearted way to introduce it but throughout the video he kind of just started talking about um like the negative experiences that he had with it um because i think that the main thing that I got is how he felt like he never particularly belonged and he said being like on his filipino side whenever he'd go to visit philippines he never felt filipino enough because Mm. they're obviously within the filipino culture and asian culture in general there's a lot of colorism and if you're like a very light 
uh, light-skinned Asian, light-skinned Filipino. They, they're perceived as, as more beautiful. And he said that when he was there, he was basically white. And they would be like, oh my gosh, you're so pute. Like that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but then when he was in England, he wasn't white enough to be white. And he'd expect, he, he grew up in a small yeah. town. Um, so had that kind of small town mindset. And he, he mentioned in the video that he was like one out of three non-white people in his year. Um, and yeah. I know us three can like, say that we're, we experience like a similar yeah. thing in a lot of the time. And also when I went to the Philippines to visit family, I'd encounter racism there too. I'd have a lot of random women approach me and praise me on my lighter skin tone. It's really messed up, but in a lot of countries with brown people, they really glorify and aspire for European characteristics. Because I didn't grow up there or speak one of the bajillion dialects that they have in the Philippines, Filipinos just see me as white. And when I come back to the UK, they just see me as far. I mean, you grew town? up in Reading, yeah, so Reading's it's a little diverse. more. Yeah, I wouldn't. I was probably like one of three Asians in my year, but there's a lot of non-white kids. That's mm. why. For me, I relate. I mean, yeah, is, definitely is very also, different from I Reading. Up, I grew up in the barbershop, so I didn't really have problems mm. with white people. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, no, I take that back. I had. I've had many problems with white people. <laughs> but yeah, and um, and I found that like. It, it really hurt, like it touched me i felt sad for him like him expressing how he, that that feeling of not belonging because for me i mean i don't feel like i belong particularly to like the british community mm -hmm. but i feel like i belong to the filipino community because mm -hmm. I, at the very least i look filipino um and then one thing that i really resonated with was he said his first language was Cebuano, which is a dialect okay. of philippines but um when he went to school teachers said to his mom don't speak in Cebuano to him at home oh, speak really? in English so no, that he really? can learn how to speak English and I had a very similar experience of that in school they said that to your parents I'm too? pretty sure that it was something along that that, that I mean that's why I can't speak Tagalog anyway I can uh, understand it but I can't speak it parents? maybe but technically my first language is Cantonese yeah so I maybe, maybe I did. Your, you should ask no your parents. No one would believe that because my Chinese is shit. Yeah. Ask your parents. I think it's um because when I when I heard him say this in his video, I was like, oh my gosh, me too. And I didn't realize it was like everyone had th that kind of same experience. Well, I'm really wondering if that's common. Do that now, no, I don't. I wouldn't be do. surprised if it was common. At least at the time that we grew up, because yeah. I think Ray is a very similar that's age to us. But yeah, then he ended up just going on and saying that it's sad for him that because he can't remember his first language and he can't speak it at all. Um, I feel it. And it was sad, and I felt like, yeah, we, I relate to that, and and it's a sad thing to not feel connected to your culture because of that language barrier. Mm. Um, and then another, so another part of his video actually, which I found kind of funny, was him going around asking people, "Do you know where Philippines is?" Because no one, no one knows where Philippines is. I don't think out of the Asian countries, it it's not niche. Yeah, it's niche. not. Sure. I think when people white people specifically think of asia they think china east Japan. asia mainly east asia, china. yeah yeah it's always that um 70 percent china and a sad thing he actually said was that he because of the fact that he felt that um people didn't really understand philippines filipinos that culture and also if they didn't know about philippines had like a very negative stereotype about philippines in comparison to like japan yeah he lied and he would say that Oh, I'm part Japanese, part Filipino. So people could he could get like they a could positive stereotype and recognize yeah. it. So, so they, could like so they say things like, Oh, home. I've always wanted to go to Japan, that kind of thing. And it's something that he was saying that he was looking back on and he feels sad to have like that was the only way he felt like he could feel comfortable and feel like he belonged. Yeah. Um and I actually I never really 
when I saw that part of the video, I never, I don't think I've ever really thought of Filipino, Filipinos had like a bad stereotype. But then I started thinking after mm. watching it and I was like, what actually I do think they? so in terms of, firstly, like no one really knows Philippines, but well, so one of the stereotypes, stereotypes that he mentioned was like the the illegal sex trade in philippines i was like oh mail order brides yeah mail order brides. i would say that's more uh thai Thai. yeah but i think southeast asians i think it is more so than oh east asians yeah Yeah. more so southeast and he was saying that he was specifically that one he felt sad about because it would mean that his his entire existence was based on like something so cruel that his dad just like what like had an asian fetish and then got his mom and, and oh, to have yeah, a child yeah. and he said but it's and i don't like people uh-huh. thinking of me and my family as that because my parents were so in love and he felt like his story was kind of tarnished because of that stereotype that um, is very interesting like the, mm-hmm. uh, and the i've never thought way. i'd never thought of it until i watched that video and it made sense to me because i mean even things as have you, did you guys see like 90 day fiance the whole thing with ed and rose that came I out saw memes i of know it. about it yeah it just things like it, that kind of story reminds me of that and and actually show i'm i'm like it is my guilty pleasure i absolutely love that show i find it so interesting and i was i followed this whole rose and and um ed thing and actually it made me furious but that's another episode but it kind of i i can understand the stereotype after having watched like tv shows that kind of promote the idea of because there are a lot of like thais and filipinos on there who like have these older white men it's a common it's a common story like the young southeast asian girl just the madam butterfly story kind of yeah Yeah, it's of the young southeast asian girl marrying this kind of perverted creepy old white man who has like an asian fetish I would understand if you're a child of like a white dad, Asian mom, you're kind of protective of, of kind of making sure other people know that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would definitely feel like that if I saw those stories repeated. Mm-hmm. That's um, all you got as a kid. Yeah. I feel very defensive. Yeah, exactly. And seeing him address that and I kind of, it was just, it, it just made me feel really sad. And, but he, again, expressed it in a very, like it, it, I don't. I didn't watch it thinking like, "Oh, I feel sorry for him." It was just you felt like, even though I haven't had that experience myself, I felt like I understood. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I um, think it's good. Empathize? I think. Would, hmm? Yeah, empathize. yeah, yeah that's the, the word. word. Yeah. But I think I can. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not mixed either, but I'm so um, racially ambiguous that I can relate to that feeling of not belonging to either culture mm-hmm. just by physical appearance. Because no Filipino has ever said that you're Filipino. No, they'd much yeah. rather think that you're Filipino than yeah, me. Yeah, every Which time we're crazy. together, they always... Talk to you in Tagalog. Talk to me in Tagalog. And really? Europe, yeah, when we were in Hong Kong, uh, no. when we were talking to all the domestic workers, Yeah, there were... They were at first, because at first, she always gets up to her, them first, obviously, speaking Tagalog. And then they're always like, oh, sorry, I thought you were Indian. They always yeah. say that, which is it's problematic <laughs> in many ways, basically. It's not a shame to be Indian. Anyone yeah. listening to be Indian. Yeah. And then second off, they continue in Tagalog and they will speak between us. In Tagalog. In Tagalog. And uh, then wow. Well, there's be, a lot of like, Chinese, Chinese Filipinos. Filipinos yeah. yeah. Basically, what we're saying is that I look more Filipino than you when people... Yeah, people are more ready to accept that you're the Filipino one. But I can... Because like when, when I'm at home with my cousins, they are always like, oh, Black Beauty. Oh, so yeah. like... Yeah, I get Marana, that and it's like you're saying it like a good thing but I feel like it's a bad thing yeah yeah 
Um, so I think a film like that, where, like you said, you don't have to relate to it, but you can understand that kind of struggle is is a very important watch. Mm-hmm. I think it's the it where is. you're from type thing is not just Asians, but any person of color kind of mm. gets that. Yeah. You know? I would 100% recommend watching this video. I don't want to go into it too much and like make you not watch it because there's so many other things and it's such it's such a great watch. Um, and it's not long it's either. Be- no, it's not. It's, it's only like, I think eight minutes. Yeah. Um, so it's a quick watch. It's like, again, 15 minutes out of your day for Chrissy's, eight minutes out of your day is for Ray's. Um, and An I feel like you'd, you'd learn quite a lot. And then the comics would be like, Read they're, a bit every they're, night. They're not long to read. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't take long I've to read bought, a comic. How many, I bought two volumes. So volumes are like a collection of like six issues. Mm-hmm. I finished it in like two, three hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're not asking much from you, but... <laughs> we're not take, asking take much, much, but, but it feels great it feels after great, yeah. you finish. Yeah. I feel like consuming. you'd learn a lot from, from each of the pieces that we shared. Um, and also just we want to be out there like supporting other Asian creatives because I think this is this I think the best thing for me that's come out of this lockdown is that I've connected with so many mm. other Asian creatives I and it's so great it's the niche because everyone knows Crazy Rich Asians and mm-hmm. all the big Asians like Ronnie Chang and all them but it's about the ones smaller you know doing bits as well cause the ones doing that are striving work, yeah. yeah and and they're not yet recognised but we want them to be recognised because it's yeah. They, they've done such a great job and, and yeah, if we're, we adding, help, we're yeah. adding to the library of yeah. the Asian media caucus yeah. whatever it's beautiful um, and of course this episode is especially for Asian August so um, follow that hashtag hashtag Asian August also if you guys um, want to promote yourselves and, and kind of let or us discover. see you discover others as well use that hashtag also tag um at bam and beyond because we're the ones kind of collecting all this work so um and also tag rice is rice if you kind of heard about the hashtag through us that'd be really great so we can see who's been listening into our episodes um and we'd love to see your work and and maybe feature you as well in our off menu specials or on our specials episodes so it'd be great to connect further with anyone else who's listening yes um and to follow with that obviously our social <laughs> channels uh, on Instagram <laughs> at Writers Rice Pod, on Twitter at Writers Rice underscore Pod, <laughs> and visit our website for everything else, uh, writersrice.buzzsprout.com. Uh huh. Uh huh. And uh, I think we're gonna Amazon just launched. Yeah, I saw that Amazon did just, just launch, launch a podcast, um, podcast platform. I got the email yesterday. Yeah, yeah. so we will, you know, be if... on there soon. Yeah. So tune into our episodes anywhere you like. Every Wednesdays. Every Wednesdays. Get it fresh and hot straight out of the rice cooker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget. Wait, is that it? Yeah, that's it. And Thanks uh, for listening, guys. Don't forget <laughs> to get some rice in your life. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.